Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Well, hello everyone. Thank you for coming. This is season four, episode two of Project Give Back Connects. I just wanna check in with you all because it's a pretty rough time for us. And I hope you're okay. I hope you're coping. Um, this is a way to send love to all of you. We started Project Give Back Connects four years ago because it was an unpredictable time and an unsettled time. It was a way to inspire others by sharing resources of experts in resilience, self-care, and mental health um, well-being. And here we are again, four years later, and it's an unsettled and very confusing time for many of us. There's a huge sense of grief and loss. You know, I've been thinking, we live every day and we talk about life every day and living life, except death is a huge part of life. It's something we, we know is inevitable. Um, but we never talk about it. Maybe it's because we don't know what to say, or maybe it's because we don't know what to believe, or maybe because it's uncomfortable. And everybody handles grief so differently. After our Jakey died, we received a gift from some, from dear friends at the Dr. J Grief Counseling Center and Andrea Warnick Grief Counseling Center. This woman, Lisa Robinson, came into our house and she met with Bevy and she met with Ben. And she took this very devastating time and really helped our family. Believe it or not, she is here with us today. We have Lisa Robinson in the Project Give Back house. Lisa is a registered social worker who has worked closely with children for over 15 years. She's now a mom as well. This grief counseling includes pediatric oncology and families at Campfire Fire Circle and with children and families at Sick Kids. We are so lucky to have her with us today. Welcome. Lisa Robinson. Well, first of all, Ellen, thank you so much for those lovely words. I have the have had and continue to have the unique privilege of meeting people I never want to have to meet because of the circumstances that bring us together. But um, it definitely brings really wonderful people into my path, much like yourself and and Bevy and Ben. And um, I always welcome the chance to speak about grief in any setting because we as a society don't do grief well at all. And much like Ellen said, sometimes it's because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to deal with big feelings. We don't want to share them necessarily because 
we ourselves don't want to cause pain for other people, right? And it can be so hard to see someone show up in a space when they're hurting. And I think it's a really interesting time and interesting is not the best word to use, but we have come out of a really tumultuous time with a lot of grief in the pandemic. And we've walked right into, as I keep saying to people close to my life, a world that is on fire in so many different ways with so much happening that we need to process and see and grieve. Um, and I think sometimes we think of grief as being sad because someone has died. And it is so much more than that. So I always, when I speak on grief, I always want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing, right? Because we have sadness and we have death, but we also have anger and frustration and sometimes numbness or lack of a feeling. And we have thoughts that go along with these feelings. And all of these things are encompassed in grief. Grief is really all of the thoughts and feelings that we have when a big change occurs. And these changes don't necessarily have to be devastating and there doesn't have to be an obvious loss attached to them. They can be just big changes that even might seem positive on, on, um, in reflection on for some people. But any big change, of course, we're gonna have mixed feelings about it. And there's not only room for sadness and frustration and anger, there's also a lot of room for joy and connection in grief. And um, I think that's what makes my, my role and my job sustainable is figuring out how do we find that connection and how do we um, allow grief not to be an isolating experience, but a collective experience. And often I'll, I'll say, and I'll say it here, like grief doesn't get better in isolation, right? We need to know and remember that we're not alone in this. And on the flip side, it can be really hard because when there is a collective experience that is causing grief, um, it can look a lot more challenging because we're seeing people grieving in so many different ways and so many different spaces. And if my grief doesn't look like your grief, it can be very confusing. Um, two types of grief that really come up for me right now with everything that's happening is cumulative grief, which is a grief that exists or a word to describe grief in the sense that we don't we don't lose the grief that we had before just because something new has happened. So when we experience whatever thoughts and feelings exist for us in grief, which translate into sensations in our body, it can bring up all the grief that we've felt before, processed or unprocessed. So I always think of this, one experience is enough to bring forward a lot of grief, but when you've had a life that all of us have had with stories and with losses and changes and all of this sort of stuff, then any experience is gonna bring forward all of those pieces. And that's why grief can sometimes feel like, I'm feeling a lot more than I thought I would about this. I don't know if anyone's ever had that experience, but that happens to me a lot where I'm like, I did not expect to feel this way about this thing, um, but it, it does exist for me. 
And the second um, type of grief is collective grief. And this is when everyone is experiencing or viewing um, or talking about whatever it is, the same experience that's causing grief. And what happens in this type of grief is we have a common event to talk about, but we don't necessarily have a like common language to speak about our feelings and our thoughts around it. And we certainly don't have common ground often for how to support each other in it. Because how do you support someone else when your feelings are so big and you don't know what to do with those as well? So there is so much grief in the world. And I think sometimes we want to pathologize it or say that it's something bad, like something that needs to be fixed. Um, but the reality is that that grief is absolutely human and it is absolutely normal. The only two things that are guaranteed in this life are that we're going to be born and we're going to die. So how could we not have a built-in system to feel and think around grief? Unfortunately, we don't live in a space that's always great, like I said, with big feelings. So we unlearn how to grieve almost. And if we can get out of our own way sometimes, we can actually do it in a really natural way. Um, but that's more easily said than done, certainly. And when we're normalizing it, I, yeah, I often think about the fact that like grief looks different for everybody. And it's not about trying to fix it or trying to prescribe how someone should be grieving. And I think we often move to wanting to fix it for someone. And that's something that I've always cha been challenged by in the work that I do is I am such a fixer and I want everyone to be okay. As I'm sure everyone who's listening and everyone who's here is also. Um, but you have to really quickly learn that I'm not going to be able to fix this. I need to learn how to sit in what is really hard with someone. I need to be able to sit beside them and say, this sucks. And what you're feeling is so valid. And I'm sad with you around it. And not say, you know, you should just take a bath or you should just go for a walk. And I say this with the caveat that I've said all these things before. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have told someone who's grieving what they should do. But my rule of thumb is if you start your sentence with, you should just maybe stop and rethink what you're doing. Because we, in that sentence, we're saying, we're telling them how they should grieve or how they should get rid of their big feelings quickly. Um, and we're also minimizing what they're feeling by suggesting that there's an easy fix for it or an easy way to move away from those feelings. Um, when we can sit beside someone in silence and let them hurt and let them feel whatever they need to feel, even if you're not saying anything at all, or you're saying something like, I actually don't even know what to say, this is so hard. What you're saying is, I'm not gonna leave when things get messy. I'm gonna be here with you and you don't have to do this alone. And I think the biggest fear that I always hold is that someone's gonna feel like they have to grieve alone because that in itself is so hard. Um, and when we look at it like, oh, their grief looks different than mine. They're really angry and that's uncomfortable for me. So they must be doing this wrong. Then 
we're shutting down their grief process. Of course, it's important to differentiate between the feeling and an action. If we are lashing out at people or something like that, that's not so nice. Um, but knowing that that anger is coming from a place of hurt and fear and processing and all this sort of thing, we can show up better in a space for grief for the people we care about. I think that we don't have a common language to talk about grief. So we have to create it ourselves. And this is where um, I'm going to give a little shout out for the puddle jumper. Um, I think it is amazing to use books to create a common language. You can use analogies. You can do whatever you need to do, but just talk about your grief. Talk about what sucks and talk about what's hurting. And you'll find very quickly that if you take the first step, you're making it safe for everyone around you to share with you what is hard. It's a really unique experience to walk into a space or into a friendship that you've been in for a long time and be like, listen, I'm really hurting right now. And then to find out that someone can meet you there and get it and make you feel not alone. So when we don't talk about, we don't give people the chance to show up for us. And I think that's one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves when we are grieving. Um, I also think you can be really intentional about it. If you're doing this in your family and everyone's experiencing collective grief, maybe you have like a grief check-in time or you have a jar where you write down your thoughts and you just drop or your feelings and you drop them in and you can debrief them after with your family. I think because we don't have a lot of avenues for speaking about grief, we end up um, having to be intentional at first until we get practiced at it. Um, the analogy, the puddle jumper, um, I know for um, for Bevy and Ellen and Ben that that was kind of a like a common way to speak about your grief. If if I remember correctly, if I'm off on that, then edit this out. Um, but it it gave them a way to describe. Listen, I'm like in this right now, and this is what it feels like. Um, and it can be whatever it needs to be. Um, and I think. Uh, as I kind of wrap up speaking about grief and um, and my I guess my thoughts on it and from my time doing all this work, I have a, a favorite quote that um, I always think of and I think really helps to like normalize what grief is. Uh, this is from Jamie Anderson and it says, "Grief I've learned is really just love. It's all the love you want to give but cannot." All that unspent love gathers up in the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and in that hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go. So in my view, why would we ever want to get rid of grief? Why wouldn't we let ourselves sit with it? Because grief comes from love, and as humans, all we want to do is love. So, so in that, in all that is balanced, we also then have to grieve. So... I'll leave you with that. And I want to say thank you so much for having me um, and talk more about grief. We all need to. Thank you so much, Lisa. Boy, are you a light. You are such a light in our world. Um, you know, and you were right. Bevy and I uh, and Ben and Jeff, you know, over the last four years, almost five years, five years, can't believe it's five years. We, uh, when one of us sinks in a puddle because of you and the analogy you taught us about, we just either text, I'm in a puddle, 
or we call, I'm in a puddle, and we all just jump in. And we try not to say, you should just, <laughs> because <laughs> that is a, an easy thing to say, and we try very, very hard not to. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your wisdom with all of us. It is such a treat to have you. So as you guys can see, I have Bevy sitting here with me. What a treat and what an honor. And because of Lisa's inspiration and, of course, always Jakey's spark, we have written a children's book because there really aren't enough books with words like these, and it's called The Puddle Jumper. So I have Bevy here with me today, and we are going to share our screen, and we are going to read The Puddle Jumper. All right. Hi there. My name is Beverly, but you can call me Bevy. And I'm Ellen, Bevy's mom. If you're opening this book, it means you are now part of a club, one that you never wanted to join. The club we are talking about is for people who have had someone very important to them die. So here we are together, and we hope to help you through this very difficult time in your life. Although at times you might feel alone, we feel you, understand you, and are with you. You see, my brother, Jacob, died. My son, Bevy's older brother, died. We are very sad that someone you loved died too. You can prepare for a math test and get an A+. You can prepare for a recital and get a standing ovation. You can prepare for a sports game and knock it out of the park. But we can never fully prepare for the death of someone we love. That is where we come in. We want to help you because we care for you, understand how hard it can be, and are also members of this club. When my brother died, I felt mad. I didn't want to feel mad. I just did. When my son died, I felt really sad sadder than I've ever felt before. Some people cry a lot and some don't cry often. No matter what you are feeling, it is okay. There are no rules about how you should feel in this club. Sometimes you may think you should be sad, but you feel nothing, that's okay. Other times you think should be okay, you think you should be okay, but you can't stop crying. That's okay too. There is a name for all these confusing feelings. It's called grief. Grief is all the different feelings you feel when you're thinking about your person. You can feel grief feelings day or night, anytime. In our house, we call grief puddle jumping. It's like putting on a pair of heavy rubber boots and jumping from puddle to puddle. Sometimes you sink into a puddle. Sometimes it's just a little splash. Some puddles are far apart and some are close together. Some are very shallow and some are really deep. And sometimes you are in between puddles. 
One thing we have learned is that eventually you get out of each puddle until the next one comes along. You need these puddles, and one day you may even learn to love them as they help you stay connected to your person. After some time, these puddles became shallower and farther apart, but there is a cloud that stays there with you. It may not be hanging over you as much, but it finds a new place in your heart. That cloud creates these puddles, but it also allows the sun to shine through and can help create rainbows. The cloud reminds us we will always be connected to the person who died. That is when you realize the relationship you have with your loved one isn't over. It changed. As time goes on, you learn to love your cloud. It joins you in happy times, in sad times, reminding you of the person you love. Our cloud makes us think about Jacob and all of the memories we have with him. No matter what, carry your cloud close to your heart because when you do, the person you love so deeply will stay with you forever, forever and, and always. always. <laughs> well, we hope you love the puddle jumper. And thank you, Lisa, for your inspiration in preparing this book. So it's time to have a little bit of music. As you all know, music was a huge part of Jakey's life and our life. Two very special friends are here. They used to come and speak to sing to Jakey on Sundays. They are the twin sensation of Abby and Sarah. And they are now at university in second year, and they are coming from Halifax and Dalhousie. Welcome, Abby and Sarah. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Abby. Um, I'm Sarah, and we're both super excited to be back today. So the song we're going to sing today came out a few months ago, and it is by one of our favorite artists named Noah Kahan. It is about being there for your friends when they're going through tough times and it's called Call Your Mom. Oh, you're spiraling again The moment right before it ends You're most afraid of But don't you cancel any plans Cause I won't let you get a chance Till you 
What a beautiful, beautiful song. Oh, those words. What was that? The, the chorus? The What was it about, about the lights? What was it? Don't, don't let, let this darkness fool you. Yeah, don't let this darkness fool you. All lights turned off can be turned on. I'll drive, I'll drive all night. I'll, oh. I'll Beautiful. Noah Kahan. Thank you so much, Abby and Sarah. We just love you. We just absolutely love you. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. All right, everyone. It's time for Kindness Corner with Leanne and Cassandra. Hello, Leanne and Cassandra. Tell us what's up. Hi, everyone. It's so nice to see you guys. I'm Leanne. And I'm Kath. And we'll be running the Kindness Corner today. Thank you so much for having us, Ellen. Today we're going to be talking about grief and just like more about like how to deal with it in like our like personal way. So yeah, back to Leanne. So I just wanted to start off by saying that finding happiness in a small moments, even through difficult times and grief, is like feeling like you're stuck in a dark tunnel, but then discovering that there are little bursts of light throughout it. So imagine this, you're going through a tough time and you're constantly sad, but then one day a friend makes a joke. In result of this, you burst into laughter. In that moment, you realize that laughter can be a powerful coping mechanism, a bright spark of light in the midst of sorrow. During grief, it's not about pretending to be happy all the time. It's not supposed to be concealing from the world. Instead, sharing it, even if it is just by embracing the moments that bring a smile to your face. These moments demonstrate that there are happiness even in the darkest times. They remind you that laughter can be a source of strength and a light at the end of the tunnel. As you navigate through your grief, these small moments are like stepping stones towards healing and finding your way back to happiness. So um, I just want to build on the idea of finding happiness even through grief. So like, although like as Leanne mentioned, it can be very difficult at times and like how one deals with grief can vary from person to person since everyone's different, their personality is different, experiences are different. Um, I just wanted to share my own experiences with dealing with grief and like what I tend, like what I find works best when I'm dealing with it is talking through it. I'm like a very talkative person. I like love like talking about things, but especially when coming about like sensitive topics. Um, I like talking to my mom about things because she's just like, she's one of my best friends and I know she'll always be there for me. And she like knows always what to say. And I'm just really grateful to have this relationship with my mom as it allows me to speak my mind. And since she's like, she's like very like, I find her to be like the smartest person ever. She like guides me through any issues I have and she can gu guide me towards that light that Leanne's talking about in the darkest of tunnels. And I find that words are like the best form of emotion just because you can express like them in any way you can. Like I heard like Lisa was talking about it a lot. Like, although like it was like, like everyone, not everyone, like, like it's comfortable to talk about it. Like um, talk, being able to talk about it is really good. If like you're, if you're that type of person, you're comfortable with it. It's like a great way to deal through grief, especially, like, especially when it's really sensitive and like important to you. And having this person to talk about is just really something that like, I'm really grateful for so like it's just really nice to have it and I use this conversation as my coping mechanism when it, when it comes to grief since my mom gives me advice and like guides me throughout the difficult time and like although not everyone may have a person that they're able to talk to I hope that everyone like can find their own way of coping with it it's, like that may be it for me but like everyone can find their own ways um, depending on who they are and I just think that it's important to deal with grief like at your own pace and however you'd like to. So yeah, um, that's it for Leanne and I. So thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. We'll see you at the next corner. Thank you so much, both of you. And thank you all for coming today. Uh, Lisa, Abby, and Sarah, 
Bevy, uh, Leanne and Cassandra and all of you. Um, we thank you so much. Uh, let's all jump from puddle to puddle together. Uh, my message to you, as always, let's be kind to one another. Let's embrace one another. Let's learn from one another. And we'll see you all really soon. Mwah. Bye, everybody. Open your heart today.